Good Wednesday noonday to all of you. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, I hope that you're having a good day wherever you are, and whenever you're able to listen to this, whether it's at uh, noon on Wednesday, alive with me. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you'll share these things with your friends as we go along. What is your spiritual occupation? What kind of job do you have? What kind of identity do you have as a follower of Jesus? So that's what we're talking about these days. So today we come to a really very important subject. We talk about our occupation as an athlete. Lots of athletes in the world uh, in so many different sports and many of them professional athletes. Maybe in your family you know someone, or you have a professional athlete in your family. Um, or you, you know, have had the opportunity, you have a favorite professional athlete. Well, I want us to think about the fact that as believers in Jesus Christ, are you ready for this? You are a spiritual athlete running the race to heaven. You're a spiritual athlete running the race to heaven. I want us to think about spiritual athletes. Uh, in the early church, many, many years ago, in the early first, second century, they thought of themselves as athletes, spiritual athletes. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting thought. And the, the reality is, is that we still are spiritual athletes. Paul uses some great illustrations about athletics <clears throat> that help us understand what it means to be spiritual athlete, athletes. So some of you have your Bible available, some of you don't, but we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is talking about freedom in Christ. <clears throat> He's talking about his great ambition in life. Listen to this. This ought to be the ambition of every believer. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.23, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. Now, what, a, what an amazing statement that is. <clears throat> I do all things <clears throat> excuse me, for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow participant of it. And then he goes into this language in 1 Corinthians 9.26-27. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So let's think about this whole matter of what we do. Do we do everything in our life for the sake of the gospel? I hope you would say yes. I hope you would say yes my family life, my work life, my private time, my hobbies, uh, my relationships, everything I do is for the sake of the gospel. That ought to, that's not the theme of just preachers. You'd expect, well, Pastor Mike, that's Pastor Mike's thing. He, he, everything he does is for the sake of the gospel. So for you also. And so the way we do it is we practice spiritual disciplines. So as we live by spiritual disciplines, as spiritual athletes, we're useful for the gospel, listen, as we're running the race to heaven. 
All right, three things I want us to think. Oh, I do need to give you this. Remember Hebrews 12.1? Therefore, we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How are you doing in the race? How are you doing? How are you doing in your spiritual training? Those things become very important. Number one, the Christian is a spiritual athlete running for heaven. The Christian is a spiritual athlete running for heaven. Like we just read, strip off the weights. What's holding you back? What's keeping you? What's hindering you in your race for heaven? Paul used to describe it in Philippians. You know, he's stretching toward what is ahead, forgetting what's behind. Are you doing that? You can't run forward if you're always looking backwards. Now, I know that you can't. You won't run. You won't be going forward if you're always looking backwards. Some of you are still looking backwards. You're still focused on what you can never change. You're still focused on what someone's done to you in the past. You're still focused on those things behind. Forget them and go for heaven ahead. We're following after our Lord Jesus, who's already entered into the glorious place of heaven. The heaven of heavens. We're going to talk about it Sunday as our great high priest. Look, you're on your way to heaven. The Christian is a spiritual athlete running for heaven. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.24, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Listen, run in such a way that you win the prize. When you live by faith in Jesus Christ and put your trust in Him, repent of your sins, you win. You gain eternal life. You begin the race then for heaven. We win. We win along the way when we discipline ourselves spiritually, when we say no to the flesh. We, we win when we overcome the devil and stand firm and resist him. We win when we live dead to the world. These are the things I've been trying to talk to us about. I'm trying to live the same way. So as a spiritual athlete, I'm running for heaven. I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God. I'm going for heaven. I'm not going for some place on earth. I'm not going for some uh, prize here. I'm not going for some job here. I'm, go I'm not going for some relationship here. I'm running for heaven. Heaven is what I'm running for. I'm in the race for heaven. I want to do my race. I want to get my, I want, I'm in the race. And so are you as a follower of Jesus. I hope you sense that in your life. The Christian is a spiritual athlete running for heaven. But he goes on. Uh, a Christian athlete trains like athletes uh, in the world. The Christian trains like an athlete while running for heaven. So let's talk about training. Paul says it. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Do you have selective self-control? Do you let yourself go in certain areas? You, you don't practice self-control. One of the evidences of the Holy Spirit in my life is that I am a person of self-control. Oh, that means I don't say everything that I want to say. That means I don't indulge in my flesh in what I would like to indulge in. I say no. That means that I avoid certain things and do that. Let's, let's use the athlete. 
When an athlete is training, they practice self-control and all things so that they can be at top ability to compete. I'll just give you a list. Nutrition. They don't eat everything. They don't eat junk. The, the athlete trains and they have a disciplined diet. They exercise. They have a routine in which they work all of the muscles of their body. They stretch. They exercise. They, they sleep. They have a certain pattern of sleep. They sleep a certain amount of time. Uh, they practice time management. They, they live on a schedule. They live on a schedule. Uh, they associate only with those who help them train. They, they, they avoid uh, relationships that don't help them be effective and at their top ability as an athlete. They focus their minds in their thinking and how they meditate on things and how they visualize things as they're going to play their game. They, they give attention to detail. Why, even down to the, I remember the old thing of, of uh, John Wooden, the old UCLA basketball coach. The you know what the first lesson he taught Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? How to wear his socks. And I'm not making that up. Detail. Detail matters to an athlete. How serious are you as a Christian about running for heaven? Are you living a sloppy, lazy, sluggard life? Or are you living for God with discipline? With discipline. I'm going to tell you this. Paul was a man of discipline. He, because he had the goal of the gospel. He was not going to allow himself or his flesh in any way to slow him down from sharing the gospel I wonder if it's doing. I wonder if that's happening for you and for me. So we must live as disciplined, self-controlled athletes. The Christian is an, a spiritual athlete running for heaven, and a Christian trains like an athlete while running for heaven. What did Paul say to Timothy, the preacher? I'll say it to all of you, and I say it to myself all the time. Discipline yourself. the The Greek word is gymnazo. Go to the gymnasium, discipline yourself, listen, for godliness. So are the things you're practicing helping you to be more like Christ? Finally, the Christian disciplines himself to be useful for the gospel while running to heaven. Here it is, I run in such a way as not without aim. In other words, I'm running in a certain direction. I'm not just running around in a circle. It's no value if you're just running around in a circle. Hopefully your race, you know where you're going. You're following hard after the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> running hard for heaven. Secondly, I box. He uses boxing in such a way I don't beat the air. I'm not just pounding on the air. No, in fact, he says, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself might not be disqualified. All right. So here I ask you today. How are you running? How are you running? And in what direction are you running? Are you running toward the world? Are you running toward your fleshly desires? Are you running toward the, the old devil? Or are you running for heaven? Are you running after the Lord Jesus? Are you running after him? Who are you running after? What direction are you running? Set your mind on the Lord Jesus in heaven. That's what we must do, set our minds. Is what we're trying to do on Sundays is <clears throat> go to heaven in our minds. You need to go to heaven in your mind. 
uh, earthly, earthly focused Christians are of no value to the gospel. So we got to run. We got to run. By the way, not walk, run. We run. We run. There's urgency. The Lord Jesus is at the door. He's coming again. My dear friends who are a part of First Baptist, I appeal to you as your pastor. Hear me. The Lord is coming again. We are in the last hour. How about boxing? <clears throat> you fighting with some other Christian? <laughs> Who are you boxing? What kind of a how are you doing in your boxing? You just box in the air? You shadow boxing? No, well, we ought to be boxing the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's what we do. We pound on the world, the flesh, and the devil. And what about disciplining yourself? I love this. Paul says, discipline yourself. I make my body a slave. Is your body the boss or is your body and your fleshly desires the slave? That's a really good question. And you can tell it by your lifestyle and by what you do. Old or young alike, is your body your slave for the purpose of the gospel? Have you said, look, I'm going to take my body and make it the best I can in order to use it for the gospel's glory? That's what we're supposed to do. Not, I'm going to take my body and pamper it, pamper it so I can be lazy and uh, useless in my work. No. And then, by the way, Paul says, I do this so that when I have preached to others, I'm not disqualified. So I'm a preacher. Last thing I want to do is preach to you and disqualify myself because I don't practice what I preach. But you preach to others too, don't you? We share the gospel. If you're sharing the gospel with somebody else, but you're not living by what you share, be careful. The worst thing, the saddest thing for an athlete who's trained hard is if they get disqualified. And I know that's not what you want to be. It's disqualified, not from salvation, but being useful to the gospel. Paul says, therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified. To the praise of the glory of His grace. The Lord is near at the door. I say it to you every time I speak to you. The Lord is near to the door. He's so near to the door. Come Lord Jesus. Alright, before we pray. Easter celebration. I have the card here. We've been handing these out. Please give these out to your friends. Join us. We need you to volunteer if you're a part of First Baptist Church. We need you to bring your friends and your family. Come join us. It's going to be a great celebration on Wednesday. Somebody said, well, if it rains. If it rains, we'll move inside and we'll still celebrate. So we're still everything will go on, rain or shine, rain or shine. We're going to be up here. We'll give you directions. Watch for text if it starts to get bad. Don't, don't back up and not come. Show up on April 13th. It's going to be a great time. Uh, it, you, you, want, you don't want to miss it for the boys and girls, for all of the students, and also for all of us as adults. And then Monday, Thursday. I can't imagine any member of First Baptist Church not being Thursday night with us as we have this moving time together in thinking so deeply about our Lord's death on the cross for us. Monday, Thursday, we do it every year. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And then the glorious day will be together. Our great, great high day of Easter. 
on the 17th. We'll see people baptized that day. We'll celebrate together. And we'll have the opportunity to share the gospel simply and clearly and sing praise to God. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Heavenly Father, bless my brothers and sisters today. May we discipline ourselves to godliness. May we do everything we do in our life for the sake of the gospel. May we discipline ourselves so that we might be useful in sharing the gospel as we run toward heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you, and I hope that you have a great day today. If you're around tonight, hope to see you on Wednesday night here at church, all of our activities, and then, of course, Sunday as we continue to talk about and go to heaven in our minds and consider our Lord Jesus our great high priest. May the Lord bless you.